chapter 3, verse 16. We're going to 3.16, not in the Gospel of John, but in 1 John. Both of them are very significant. Recently, I was reading a Lutheran publication, and they were decrying the hard job that the church has in this changing society. And they made the statement where there is no one who fears the fires of hell nor hopes for the blessing of heaven, there's not much for a preacher to do. (laughs) I am very grateful that Dean Shore is taking our older young people through a study of C.S. Lewis screw tape letters. And one reason the great English scholar wrote that was because he took heaven and he took hell very seriously. How serious do you take heaven and hell? I think a lot of people don't because a burning hell or a harp music heaven seems to be somewhat archaic and kind of out of date. And it's interesting, in the preface, screw tape letters, C.S. Lewis talks about that. And he says we need to speak of hell and heaven differently because things are changing. He says that we live in the um, managerial or the administrative age. We don't live in the age of dungeons or even concentration camps. And so he said we've got to renew our understanding of heaven and hell. And I thought you'd be interested in how C.S. Lewis describes hell. He said to us, Hell is conceived and ordered and moved and seconded and carried and minuted in clean, carpeted, warmed, and well-lighted offices by quiet men with white collars, cut fingernails, smooth-shaven cheeks who do not need to raise their voices. Hell is something like a thoroughly nasty business concern. Dog eat dog is the principle of the whole organization. Everyone wishes everybody else's discrediting, demotion, and ruin. Everyone is an expert in the confidential report, the pretended alliance, the stab in the back. Over all this, their good manners, their expressions of grave respect, their tributes to one another's invaluable services form a thin crust. But every now and then, it gets punctured, and the scalding lava of their hatred spurts out. And Lewis adds, there is a demon of hunger that causes us to want to eat each other alive. That's hell. 
Now that's hell. <laughs> what is heaven? Here we come to John's letter. 1 John 3.16, and let me read you about heaven. We know love by this, that he, that is Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Heaven is summed up in one word, and that's the word love. And heavenly love is summed up by liking it, to, liking it to the kind of love that lays down its life for another. And you see, we need that. The late Samuel Shoemaker said, everybody is a problem, has a problem, or lives with a problem. <laughs> and I think that's true. And because of this, the world desperately needs this laying down life kind of love. Now, when it says he laid down his life, I'm grateful for the Greek because that word life is not pneuma, which means spirit. It's not zoe, which in the Greek means physical life. It is suke. And it really means all of life that is of value, spirit, soul, and body. So Jesus didn't just lay down his spirit. He didn't just lay down his body. He laid down both. It was all that he had. He was fully God. And he was fully man. And he laid all of it down. For you and for me. And there's an interesting thing about this word suke. It carries the sense with it of soft, regular, voluntary breathing. And that's the reason Jesus said about it. He said this. No one has taken my suke from me. But I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. It is voluntary. It is heavenly love. It is precious. The lady Stanley Jones said, Christ did not come to bring men to heaven, but Christ came to bring heaven to men. And this heaven is described by Paul when he said, have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant. That's a willing servant. Taking the form of a bond servant and being made in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's heavenly love. And John goes on to say, if we love another, God abides in us. 
and His love is perfected in us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in Him. And this not only gives us the promise of heaven, but it gives us the confidence of heaven, because John says again, by this, love is perfected with us, that we might have confidence in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in the world. Not intellectually or physically, but spiritually. You know what we are? We are a little bit of heaven down here in this world. And the world just doesn't understand it. They can't quite get hold of it. Kind of like a story that Jim Palmer told me. He's a pilot. And he tells some good stories, and he told one about four men or four people in an airplane. Three men, a little boy. And the motor went out. And when it, you know, when it looked like they were going to crash, the pilot came back. And he said, I'm a trained pilot, and I have a wife and two children. So he took a parachute, and he jumped out. The problem was, they had four people and only three parachutes. So the pilot took the first parachute. Next man was a physicist. And he said, I'm the smartest man in the world. The world needs me. So he took one and he jumped out. And then came the preacher. And the preacher looked at the little boy and he said, son, I'm an old man. I've lived most of my life. We only have one parachute left. You take that and jump out. And the little boy said... Preacher, there's no need for that because the smartest man in the world just jumped out with my book bag. (laughs) We are so smart and yet we're not smart enough. And when we see that heavenly kind of love, we sometimes jump to the wrong conclusion. And that's the reason Jesus said, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. And this type of love is different. There's a story that came out of the Korean War about training at Fort Benning, Georgia. And a sergeant was training his troops and he had one man in there named Jim. And Jim was very good, and Jim was very kind, but Jim was a little mentally slow. He was kind of like Gomer Pyle. (laughs) And he soon became the butt of all the jokes. One day they had grenade practice. And so the sergeant got the men together before the practice, and he said, let's have a little fun with Jim today. What I'm going to do, I'm going to teach you how to throw grenades, and I've got dummy grenades. And I'm going to throw them and teach you and Jim how to throw them. And then I'm going to tell you that I'm taking a live grenade. And I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to pull the pin out of it. And I'm going to drop it. But it's not going to be live. It's going to be another dummy. But Jim is going to think it's live. And we'll see him just run off scared to death and we'll just have a good time. And the other men thought that's pretty cool, so they decided to do that. So the sergeant, he started, and he threw three or four dummy grenades. 
And then he picked up another dummy grenade and he looked at the men and he winked and he said, now this is a live one. And I'm going to show you how to throw it. And he pulled out the pin and he dropped it. And he said, run for your lives. And to everybody's great amazement, Jim threw his body on the grenade. And he said, run, fellas, run. And nobody laughed. Because you don't laugh at that. In fact, it's kind of scary. It's the laying down life kind of love. And it's the only thing that separates hell from heaven. The only thing that shows us the difference. And if your heart's right, you want that more than you want anything else. And that's the reason for Augustine's famous statement when he said, Thou hast created us for thyself. And our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. And that's what we find when we come to the sacrament. And in preparation, remember Jesus said, I am the bread that came down out of heaven. I brought heaven to you. If anyone eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread also which I give him for the life of the world is my flesh. And then he does not speak of demonic hunger, but he speaks of true hunger. When he said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father. So he who eats of me, he also shall live.